Welcome right back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, compadre Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Let's 24 hours later, let's just run it back, huh? Or 48 or whatever. But Oh, man, what a blast that was. And and very well received. Thank you all. The, the live chat really, man, that made it feel worthwhile for real. So that was excellent. Yeah, it was a it was good time to jump into the Pirates season preview, and we had a really really good turnout for uh, YouTube, and of course, our audio was good too. So thanks again, it was great. Yeah. So hey, time for a regular weekly episode here, and uh, boy, the Pirates gave us some good news, didn't they? <laughs> so uh, today we they found did. out that Brian Hayes has agreed with the Pirates to. An eight-year extension for $70 million. We don't necessarily know the breakdown yet, but we also know there's an option for a ninth year built in there, and uh, it's a club option. So ball is completely in the Pirates' court. Thoughts? I mean, what do you what do you think, brother? Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, surprised just because uh, um, it just kind of – broke right before the season opener um and but no i mean what's not to like about it the 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 years and the numbers look good like you said we don't know how it's structured but um i i really think that uh they did well here as far as the numbers go and um were you you surprised at all by how low they were i actually thought it was going to take a little more to get this done well, you know, we talked about this the other day, too. I even said, boy, it's hard to gauge where this thing is going to end up at. And I and I could have I could have given a range. And if I would have it, would, this would have been on the lower end of it. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too, because I was thinking it would be more like eight, eight ninety, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um but 870 there's no way to look at that besides that's a bargain it's just a bargain uh-huh. and even if the bat never comes back around he's a he's a two and a half war player just for his glove uh-huh. it's really hard to get upset about that signing and depending on how it's structured he should be eminently movable too well and and that's just it too is as we go along here uh it's going to be a more favorable contract. So uh, assuming, you know, he stays healthy, which funny, we might have to touch on that yeah. too. But, yeah. but uh, no, I, look, the numbers are good from a team perspective. They seem more than happy with it as a camp and um, it's security. And I think there's some real potential here for him to improve and this be a really good deal that allows them to go other places like Brian Reynolds and try to get that one done. Yeah. I mean, I think the timing is not really by accident. I think they planned on probably trying to have both of them done um, before the season. And, uh, you know, Dayon reported a few weeks back in uh, Friday Insider on D 
DK Pittsburgh Sports that the Pirates were planning on some rather large expenditures before the season started, and and this is one of them. Uh-huh. I have a feeling there was another one too, um, and I think this all kind of ties into Ben Charrington being so salty that somehow things got screwed up and Ben and they went to arbitration with with Brian Reynolds. Now, I have some questions about that because that's your best player. Why weren't you involved? Uh- <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, crap runs downhill. I understand that, but like, you don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. You know, according to Dayon, like, just you know, if you read between the lines, he had a nice conversation with Bob Nutting too. He hasn't named him because it was off the record, but you know, um, sounds to me like there's not a single member of the higher end of the hierarchy that was happy that this happened. So my question is basically, why didn't somebody stop that from happening then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that sounds great, but like wh- everything we know about Ben Sherrington is, does that sound like a a guy that's out of the loop on anything or isn't um, doesn't have a hand in it? Uh, I don't know, man. They, I, I, let's just say, let's just say this. Um, Maybe it was lip service that they regretted that it went this far, but maybe maybe they do have some regret once it got out. I, I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, it sounds like they've done everything they needed to do to kind of salvage the whole relationship. doesn't sound like they're really going to fight them in arbitration. They've kind of already seemingly accepted they're going to lose. He's going to take whatever he can yeah. get. doesn't sound to me like they plan on going in and talking about his 2020 or anything. No. So, and, and then there's one, and, and let me just say this, there's one way to smooth this thing over and uh, that's take care of him. So um, that would, that would tend to uh, make things nice and happy for everyone. If they did that. Yes. And I think that's going to come at some point. I do. I also think at least from what we know, you know, from who we talk to and everything, I get the impression that Brian kind of didn't want to be the first one. So this Hayes signing could be important for another reason as well. So I'm not going to just uh, poo-poo it because they signed the wrong one as I keep getting pounded with on Twitter, which is crazy. Yeah. Let, um, let me just add this too. You may have a point there. Just uh, maybe neither of them wanted to be the first ones. Neither of them seem to be the type of guys that want to be the uh, big out in the front rah-rah face of the franchise, fire in their belly type guys. Inwardly, you know, I'm sure that they possess plenty of of uh, the dedication and the intensity, but. I even was le- reading a Q&A the other day, and uh, it might have been today, and, and I can't remember if it was Sherrington or Shelton. might have been Shelton. Someone asked about them, um, Cabrian Hayes and Reynolds stepping up. No, and, it was Shelton. I read it too. Yeah, and, and, and what I took from that was, and I'm paraphrasing, was is we're not going to ask them to do anything that they're not comfortable with. We just want them to play and get better as ball players, And I think that that – you know, um, that says something there too. The, these two guys aren't built to be the. I'm trying to think of a guy to compare in another organization that just is 
all eyes on me and just out there in front of everything. They're not built that way. Yeah, I mean, I think of like a, a really quiet leader like Andre Dawson back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just went about his business. He was always one of the better players on the team, but yeah. like, you never heard him talk. It was just <laughs> it was just the way he was. And although I do think uh, we're starting to see Brian come out of his shell a little bit, we're starting to see Keith step up and, and talk a little bit more. But we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I think we're going to talk about another way that Brian Hayes needs to step up. Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, so we left you basically talked. We talked about the contract a little bit and basically what it needs to lead into. Um, I do believe they need to get both of these guys wrapped up. It's it's important to have some kind of a foundation. And while I'm very happy they signed Cabrian Hayes, he's not enough to be the foundation on his own. They they need to do do right by this team, and I think make sure that Reynolds is wrapped up too. But since Kibrian is the one that's wrapped up, maybe we should touch on what happened in this game after all the pomp and circumstance that the Cardinals made us sit through. Listening to that repetitive organ music for 15 minutes, watching the parade trucks, of trucks, 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 the field, <laughs> watching old steroids ridden, ridden Mark McGuire standing there shaking hands like he did something that wasn't untoward in his career. And Cabrian Hayes goes out there in the bottom of the first inning and gets a cramp in his thumb and is out. The, I mean, the, the announcers didn't even really get to like pump the tires at all on this, on this brand new extension yet (laughs) and he's out of the game with an injury which is everyone's biggest concern afterwards he says it's not a big deal it was a stupid thing he's never experienced before he took his hand out of his glove and it just hurt couldn't couldn't straighten it out until he got in the hot tub man i've watched kutch play with broken ribs man (laughs) you want to be the leader on a team you just signed here for eight years. You're the only one in the locker room that is going to be here for a long time contractually. You've gotten paid. You're the rich guy I heard him called, right? <laughs> yep. You might want to play through your first cramp of a thumb on your glove hand. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I'm not saying any, I'm not questioning his integrity or his heart or anything. I'm just saying, come on, Key. Like, play through something a little bit. Like, it's the first game. Now, if you can't grab your bat, that's a different thing. But you're putting your glove on, man. Like, <laughs> try to stick it's, it out. It, well, it, first of all, let me, let me just start off with this is when I saw this unfolding, my heart sunk. I mean, yeah. it, it sunk, and I imagine everyone's did that that, that was watching. And you just um, you just immediately go to the pity party for 
Pirate fans and honestly for him. Now, the funny part about it is if you want to call it that, assuming everything is what it, it, it is as we know it, is it was like thumb, cramp, then I heard um, forearm. forearm cramp. And I said earlier, I, I've been around baseball a long time. I, I, I've never heard of these types of ailments. So, I mean, yeah. does he just need to drink some water? I, I, he literally said it himself after, in an interview after the game that he needs to hydrate more. He thought he was doing a good job, but he wasn't. Uh, well, you know what? Um, it, look, I don't know how much – look, I'll, I'll give him some benefit of the doubt. I'll play devil's <laughs> advocate. I'll say, hey, maybe they told him to come out. Maybe no, they I'm just, sure they did. I'm sure they you did. You know, and he's, he's – I have a podcast, little, Jim. I, I have to have a little bit of hyperbole here, right? I mean, like I, – I'm just a little irritated because it was literally just today. We just had the extension. We were already like, getting creamed. I just, you know, like he gave us a big scare, yeah. and um, it's not a great, it's not a great sign after some of the other stuff. He had the little bit ankle tweak. We know what happened last year. That never seemed to work itself out completely. So uh, you certainly don't want to get um, a reputation earned or not that uh, you're a little bit fragile and um, he's going to have to learn to know, you know, my dad used to say something to me all the time. Are you hurt or are you injured? (laughs) And um, I hated that, you know, growing up playing sports, but I remember that and now it makes a lot of sense and, you know, we'll see. So, um, but it's, my dad used to always ask, why are you going to the doctor? They're just going to tell you something's wrong. Right, <laughs> but I, I mean, Pittsburgh, like, the, spoken like true Pittsburgh dads. First well, of all, I don't ever go now, even <laughs> you know. I, so he, he definitely instilled it in me. Yeah, but you know, that that was just something that happened today that I just I guess I was a little irritated by. But another thing that really kind of struck me today was just, and I kind of knew it was coming, but just the negativity about it. I mean, like, the Pirates finally did something right here. You can't even argue that it's a bad deal. Again, I just said, if he never hits, it's not a bad deal. People even argued that. Oh, I got got bad deal. I got got wrong one. You know, this means Reynolds will be traded. Like, no, it really doesn't. We just discussed that on the run around the 412. So, I mean, obviously that's the way people think. I, I, I took it as like, it's no longer theoretical that they're going to do some of these things. They're going to start building the team now. That's what I took from it. I don't care if he's the right one. I, you know, I don't, uh-huh. I don't care if they don't sign another one until it's Reynolds and, it's in, and it happens at the beginning of next year. I'd rather it be now, but like, it doesn't have to all happen at once. In fact, it would be weird if it did. In fact, look at the lineup that you complain about. <laughs> do you, how many of these guys do you want? You don't want a bunch of these guys. So, 
don't go crazy thinking that they need to extend five or six of these guys now. It's the first step, tangible step, I think, at the major league level that you can point to to say, okay, so there should be – this is the first step. There should be more coming. Um, it's got to start somewhere. Right. I'm sorry it didn't happen with Brian Reynolds first, um, but sometimes it just works out that way. And they've got one signed. Let's hope the other one's coming soon. But you're right. It was it, it, there was a lot of negativity, and um, I don't know if there was a lot of positivity too. I shouldn't just I shouldn't be like that. I guess I was just floored by the negativity. You know, it was it was pretty loud. I mean, yeah. um, you know. The Pirates are, are are easy to bash, and they've earned a good bit of it. But they also did something really good today and very smart, and they've got one of them locked up. I don't know how anybody can see that, paint that as a negative. But <laughs> And then you can go too far with it, though. Like, you know, if you're watching the broadcast early on and Greg Brown started praising Bob Nutting for getting this deal done, and I'm like, no, nah, dude, no. Nah. No, 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 no. We're not going to start praising him for for a deal that for most other teams would be a nothing burger. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that yeah. this is a humongous deal. This ain't Tatis. This was right. Eight. This was eight. This is under ten mil a year. These are these are these are moves uh, the Yankees make on a Tuesday that barely even get a write up in the paper about um, extending a uh, some kind of piece that they have that's not even a major one. Yeah, more likely, it's the type of deal that the Yankees wait until he's Joe or Sherlock, that kind of player, you know. Like he's the he's the guy that like you wait until you're on like year four or five, and you're like okay we're pretty sure he's decent we'll go ahead and extend him because you can't and if he wants an extra two million you're like ah whatever you know we can do uh-huh. that so so be it and then you give it to him well the Pirates can't afford that so this is how they have to go about it like you you got to take a leap you got to believe what you've seen is is worth trusting you got to do it and you get it done. That's it. It's not going to be a whole lot of money for him. This doesn't mean they're going to approach Brian Reynolds with the same contract offer. I literally saw that five times today on Twitter. Oh, well, that's just silly. They're not even related. This isn't even close to the same thing. Uh -uh. They're not going to go to him and offer him anything close to what you just saw for for Brian Hayes. It's just not even in the ballpark. I, look, um, and like you said, to be fair, there there were plenty of people that w- that were excited. Um, I just think that fans get it in their head that things are going to happen a certain way, and when they don't, um, then it's not acceptable, and that it means there's something going on behind the scenes that they're up to something. I, I, I didn't read it that way this time. Now, do I want to keep the pressure on them and tell them that it's not good enough? Yeah. Cause I think, oh, yeah, you and I, even, I even snipped at you about that because like, 
Uh-huh. I think it was like maybe five or six minutes after this story broke, you you tweeted out like, "I'm glad this happened, but I want Reynolds too." And I'm like, "Can we just be happy for five freaking minutes, Jim?" Like you know, like yep. because it, that's how I felt at the time. I'm like, "Can we just like chill and enjoy it for a couple seconds?" Like yeah. I mean, to be fair, you know, to be fair to myself, I did say, "Hey, kudos to the Pirates. It's a, it's a fantastic, yeah, right. it's a fantastic deal." Um, but immediately, immediately, with me at least, um, I worry that uh, sometimes they think something that's good enough for now, tight mentality under nutting, and uh, yeah, do I want to keep pushing? I do because I don't want it to get lost down the road. And look, is it going to matter that I tweet it? Probably not. Definitely not. But it's something that enters my mind right away. I think both are true. Great deal. Hey, let's not think about stopping. I mean, don't think about stopping, but also don't blow past second base and get yourself out. I only want Reynolds right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even consider doing anything else right now. No, th- and that that's why to me it's such a uh, it's such a clear path that they don't even have to make any tough decisions yeah, I mean, when it comes to like man like like imagine being the Penguins right now and I know that that's a completely different scenario but you've got a lot of guys you don't know who you're going to be able to keep and uh, you might have to make a really tough call on somebody. There is no tough call with the Pirates now. It's one guy and sit down and try to get something done. I mean, he's definitely the most important guy anyway. But if Mitch Keller puts together a really good year, he enters the conversation. Uh You know what I mean? But that's for this offseason coming up. That's not for now. Brian Reynolds is the one who's ready, and they need to make it happen. I agree with you that that's the next step. I don't just, see a lot of the history, though, of Bob Nutting deciding one extension was enough and let me just stop. That's yeah. not what happened last time. They, they went kind of nuts and signed a bunch of people. And so, uh, when I say it, I don't even mean necessarily with extensions. I'm talking about just whatever they do process-wise, seeing it through whether that's extensions, whether that's been moves at the deadline, whether that's meant how much resources you put into it when the time and the time yeah, was right. right. Those are what I'm talking about. Certainly extensions, they've done it before. You've been preaching that part of it right. um, for months. This because... is to me just laying the foundation. That's uh-huh. what Brian Hayes is. That's what Brian Reynolds is. They're what you're building this whole thing on. And, and that's great. Uh, do that. I agree they shouldn't stop and they shouldn't let Brian Reynolds get away and they shouldn't let the fans continue to listen to rumors that he's going to go anywhere. They should take their best swing and they should be honest with us if they swing and miss and and move on and then find your next person. That's going to be that guy. If it's O'Neill Cruz, make it O'Neill Cruz. I don't care, but you got to have that foundation in place. I want it to be Reynolds. This team should want it to be Reynolds. We'll see. But you're, you know, I think everybody's got a point about it not being enough. I get that. Uh I guess they don't give us an awful lot to get joyous about. 
So when they do give us something to be joyous about, I just think we're doing ourselves as a fan base a hell of a disservice to not give ourselves 10, 15 minutes of just, all right. Yeah. That's all. And I just saw immediately people going to pissing all over the deal like it was it was terrible. Then I, I saw, oh, we're cheating Cabrian Hayes. We're, we're actually stealing money from him. Who was that that idiot that you saw that tweeted out that uh, that his agent should be disbarred? Oh, that whack job from New York. Um, oh, come on, Jim. You just – I did some – I was trying to do a little bit. Kate Feldman. Yeah. Um, what an she, idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look. She, she – do you know she, why it's fair, Kate? It's fair because of what happened today in the first inning of the I, game. That's why it's yeah. fair. That's also why that's the number. Kate Feldman, New York Daily News reporter, senior TV writer. Um, she says she mostly tweets during baseball games. Well... I suggest she brushes up on that skill a little bit because <laughs> you, you, you know what? And here's the other thing about it. When you make statements like that, to me, I thought it was really insulting to Cabrian Hayes, his family, yeah, and his agent and the people that he has around him. And let's just make this very clear. Um, it's a baseball family. His dad's plenty versed on these things. Exactly. The, 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 this was not somebody that fell off the turnip truck and you threw a few dimes at him and he said, yeah. thank you, I'll take it. This isn't so, some uneducated kid yes. that you stole from somewhere and just strong-armed him into a deal. Yes. Thinking so, he, like, like this super, isn't common Right, super insulting. I thought that you, but what to me, what you were basically saying is, is they weren't intelligent or educated enough to know uh, a bad deal when they saw it. Right, and that just could not be further from the truth. The market is the market. This is how it bared out. They are uh, obviously happy with it. Um, the pirates were willing to get it done, I, and I hate interjecting this. Everyone has to act so virtuous when it comes to um, what somebody's worth, and I'll stand up for them if they're not going to do it for themselves. Well, you know what? This isn't this isn't that. And mind your business. Everybody's happy here with this, and um, just just and, and, oh, and oh by the way, you deal with New York teams. I don't want to hear it here. This is a kid. I think a lot of us. We kind of get shaded by 2020. The second half of 2020 when he came up here and looked like Ted Williams. That's the Cabrian Hayes we have in our minds. That is not what he has been since. It doesn't mean that he can't get back to some semblance of that. That doesn't mean that he can't be better than he's been. It certainly doesn't mean he can't be healthy. It just means that 2020 has not happened again since. He's playing every day right next to a guy 
who was arguably higher touted than him, Kevin Newman, on his way up, and that everybody and their mother knows is probably on his last shot with the Pirates. And he's going to leave without a guaranteed contract. And maybe Cabrian sees that and just thinks like, yeah, I could bet on myself and I could make them wait and I could, but then I'm going to get traded at some point. And I don't want to do that. It was one of my goals to be in the place that drafted me. He said that himself today. That was one of his goals is he wanted to play most of his career in the place that drafted him. You can't, from your little perch in New York, critiquing TV shows, you moron, pompous woman. (laughs) You can't over there decide for yourself what Cabrian should have done. Or what he was worth. What an idiot. She's going to save him. She's going to save him, Gary. She's going to save anything. You know, that, that's the attitude. The only thing she's going to save is, is scrape a little bit of white guilt off of herself and hopefully crawl back into whatever hole she lives in in New York. Enough. That stuff, yeah. I got no time or patience for that crap. These guys negotiated in good faith a contract and signed it together. Nobody strong-armed that kid. He wasn't up against it. It was a good deal. That's all there is to it. I, I agree, and I think she she got plenty of uh, blowback about it too, and I think that's what happens too when you dip your toe in waters that you don't fully understand or haven't bothered to pay attention to all that much. Good, exactly. you deserve some blowback from it, and um, I don't think there's anything but hugs, high fives, and handshakes in that circle of Cabrian Hayes and his family today and tonight. And I think Jason Mackey put it really well, which was if, if your reaction to this is anything other than I'm really happy uh, for them and (laughs) him, and then you're an a-hole. Well, then she proudly proclaimed she was, which I must heartily (laughs) agree, honey. I must heartily agree, honey. You are an asshole. (laughs) Please don't ever show up on my Twitter timeline again. That's all I have to say. I never knew who you were before. I never want to know who you are again. Hey, it's just another it's just another indication of um, those blue check marks. They don't mean <laughs> much at all anymore no, these they days. Don't. They don't. Until Elon changes Twitter up. That's <laughs> That's right. So, hey, now that we're all fired up, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about this miserable bitch of a game, huh? Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Now that I'm all done yelling about um, our girl media, Kate, real media in New York that acts like fake media, let's uh, let's move on and talk about this game, which I can also say was kind of fake, huh? I mean, lost nine nothing to the Cardinals on opening day. Adam Wainwright was Adam Wainwright. 
32 straight score, 32 straight scoreless innings now against the Pirates. Incredible. Let's let's focus on what we saw from the Pirates because, you know, I think there were some notable events that took place in this game and, and we're, we're never going to be a game recap show. We never have been. Um, There may be a point where we do some kind of like live post game type thing, but for right now, we kind of like to keep these shows evergreen, but it was opening day. So I feel like we should touch on a little bit. Yeah, I mean, first of all, opening day on the field, then we had the extension. I mean, like, it was a hell of a day to be a Pirate fan in a lot of different ways. So we can't just gloss over all that, right? Right. So we already talked about Cabrian Hayes and the injury. Well, that led to getting to see Diego Castillo, and and that was nice. I mean, he didn't get a hit. He actually kind of looked overmatched a little bit, didn't he, against Wayne? Young. Young Buck Reino got in there a couple times, didn't he? You know what? It was the first thing I thought about today. Whenever they didn't have him in the lineup, I thought, you know, that's not necessarily a bad bad right, thing right, against right. a guy like Wayne Wright. He can carve a young guy up, and that's exactly what he and Yachty did. Carved him up. You, if you watched it, and and I'll tell you what, man, I'm not. Gonna, I don't got no love for the Cardinals, and it, it's not like I'm sitting here going, "Oh, them Cardinals, I really enjoy them." But man, you got to respect. Adam Wainwright, that dude, he's, he doesn't throw anything above like 88, you know, and he just eats you alive. And that, that kid, that was a perfect example that watching Diego Castillo's at bat, he was lost. He had no uh, idea what he was doing. Can you imagine somebody in AAA nowadays intentionally throwing like 64 mile an hour curveballs? That's uh, the he, thing. They, he'd never they, seen that shit before. I was just going to say, they never see this. And poor Diego Castillo, the first guy he sees <laughs> is a guy throwing between 68 and 88. Yeah. He's throwing any pitch at any time. He's changing speeds. He locates everything. It was just, yeah. So oh, that that part ended up like we thought it would today. Right. And and Brian Reynolds, you know, he looked good. He made contact. Uh, nice hit that he had. Yoshi, I thought. Yoshi really looked like he hung in there really well against that. And, and the off speed stuff, you know, we've kind of had going into last year was something that he could hit. So I guess Wayne is probably a good matchup for him, actually, if you really think about it. And, you know, he did pretty well against him. So Yoshi's not going to get out thought up there a lot. And what I saw today is what I mentioned the other day, which is, I really don't care if he hits a ton of home runs. I think there's other ways for him to still be um, a decent hitter. And we saw it today. Got a couple hits. Nothing of the power variety. Um, So, yeah, no complaints. I liked liked the way he swung the bat today. I got to say Mm -hmm. that. I I thought it was pretty solid. And um, probably could have had another base hit in there, too. Um, He really crushed one to center that Harrison Bader came in on and and, and stole. So did what Bader does. Yeah. Um, let's see. Cole Tucker was kind of a wash, but I didn't necessarily think he took bad at bats or anything. He didn't look overmatched really. He, he put some decent swings on balls and everything. So I wasn't like upset with his night either. Um, Hoy Park looked okay. To be honest at the plate. I don't think Hoy Park can handle second base, man. I just don't. I didn't like the way he looked there. He didn't look comfortable. Yeah. And uh, probably cost Brubaker. I don't want to get into the pitching quite yet, but it probably cost Brubaker a run, you know, early on. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think like he felt 
comfortable to me there. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he, he probably today just kind of, to me, it was a typical kind of Hoy Park start, which is kind of forgettable in a lot of ways. And maybe um, that's why he shouldn't be starting all that much. He's he, he, He's decent. As far as his versatility goes, well, when your team has six hits and he has one of them, yeah, he did all right. You know? <laughs> and was it? Did they have an extra base hit, or were they all singles? I think, I they think all they. Singles. I think they were all singles. I could be wrong. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they. You know, few and far between there. Um, I'm trying to think of of who else in the lineup. In the lineup, I don't think there was much of anything. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach was. I don't know, man. Like, I guess he sees a lot of pitches. I There's something about his swing. I, I just feel like he's always out in front of it. He doesn't get the launch angle on balls to really utilize the power for home runs. It, if anything, he's going to hit doubles down the line, I think. And that, and that might be the best we get out of him. And I don't know. I wasn't very pleased with what I saw from him today. What about you? Now, you know, uh, it's, look, if you see the guy, you're not going to get super excited. Um, You know, he, he, someone said he kind of looked like he belonged at like wearing one of those service oil change outfits uh, and working down at the, uh, the local Pennzoil quick, quick loop. But um, so he, you know, no, and then we're having to see him bat lead off, DHing. It's we it, to be honest, National League people, it's a weird look. So like, um, yeah, you know, I ha- I wasn't super high on him. I think if he's not hitting home runs or getting a few walks, then he's really really going to be struggling. I totally agree. So let's get into the pitching a little bit because, you know arguably that starting rotation is going to be a story all year that we need to focus on. And JT Brewbaker got the start today. Um, four runs, all earned, three walks, a couple strikeouts, three innings, really racked up a, a hell of a, a big pitch count doing it. Um, kind of just looked all over the place. Uh, I didn't feel like Next. he was pinpointing anything. Mixed bag. Usually a guy has like one pitch he can kind of hang his hat on. Uh, I saw a couple good sinkers that kind of sunk back in over the plate on the outside corner or the inside corner, but that was about it. He had a couple like firm strikeouts that were kind of big or his line could have been a lot worse. Defense didn't really help him out. No. Mixed bag for Brubaker. But Yeah, he he uh yeah, it would have been nice to see him get through the first with, you know, 15, 17 pitches. It probably should have happened that way. Yeah. It, it didn't. Um, and then he, from there, became even more unsettled as the game went on. Yeah. Uh, bit by another home run. You know, you can't be giving up three-run homers early in, early in starts. It's, no, you it's can't. going to be a hard hole to climb out of. Uh so, mixed bag, we'll see where it goes. Well, let's be positive, though, because Will Crow, I think we're right, man. I think uh, putting him in the bullpen in a long relief role, man, it really accentuates his strengths. It lets him use his pitch repertoire 
Not be afraid to get a walk every once in a while. Hunt strikeouts. Try to avoid bats. And he fought through two innings. And if it, if it was a start, you'd kind of be irritated that he walked two guys and struck out three and threw 48 pitches or whatever in two innings, right? But in relief, that's great. That's great. That's exactly what you want. And I'll be honest, in his first inning, he looked dominant. Yeah, he he was he was really sharp then. Yeah, dominant. So And he's he's not a that. Yeah, I mean that's the role we kind of envision for him. He certainly doesn't seem to care when he puts guys on. It doesn't change his, <laughs> it certainly doesn't change his rhythm. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. So, um, no, he, he looked good. Um, I think we were right on that one. I also think we were right on Dwayne Underwood, unfortunately, Gary. Yeah. Um, now at least it's come out. It wasn't an arm injury. It's a, a hammy. Okay. So, I, I I looked for that right when we went uh, before we went live here uh, to record. And uh, I hadn't seen that yet. I thought it was his hamstring, but then on the telecast, they were being a little bit more adamant that they thought it was his arm. It was, it's being reported. It was his hammy. So, okay. Now, normally I would go, Oh, hamstring. Okay. 10 day IL. We'll see him in a little bit. That was before Greg Allen wound up on the sixty day with the with the hamstrings. So like, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, we'll see. Dwayne Underwood, I I know a lot of you really hate him from last year, but uh, you you really just didn't appreciate the innings that guy ate. And um, without him, it, it's going to tighten some things up in the bullpen. You know, I wouldn't be shocked even like Miguel Uhre is up here. I would not be shocked to see him used a lot more. So I can I can definitely see that being kind of maybe a little bit of the role that he would fill in if if it's any length of time for Underwood. Right. Um, the really interesting thing today is before Underwood got hurt, he actually was uh, up on the radar gun at like ninety seven and ninety eight. It was well, strange. That's where he was before the Pirates used him last year you know what i mean so yeah he definitely had a velocity drop as the year went on and fought through so um you know like earlier we were talking about cabrian needing to learn to fight through some things well Dwayne underwood fought through some things last year too he definitely was nicked up and he, he just kept going so and you know the last thing i'll say about this is they let him try to throw one more pitch after he was hurt and that's the only other thing that made me think maybe it was just a hamstring is because right. I thought I don't. Arm, they never would have let him do it. Yeah, you know, like very, very rarely, unless you've got. If Adam Wainwright wants to try that, you would let him. Right. No, so that gave me a little bit of a hint, and he just walked right off. So. So then the Pirates are already down six. You know, they bring in Aaron Fletcher. Aaron Fletcher just gets pounded, gives up a big shot to Aaron. Aaron. Arenado. So what? I mean, I don't really even know how to. I honestly, I don't even know how to react to it. Yeah, that's that could be just garbage innings. I'm trying to just throw strikes and get through. You know, this last inning, or it could be this guy just really is that bad. He's missing his spots. Who knows? I, I don't even know that. We know that that the Cardinals kill lefties. That's why they they purposefully moved Quintana out of this series. Mm-hmm. So. 
I don't know. I, I'm not going to get too excited about that. We'll see. Yeah. Heath Hembry wasn't very impressive. One inning, two walks. He got through the inning unscathed, but that's got to tighten up a little bit. All in all, it's the first game. Never, never good to win, to lose uh, 9 nothing. Certainly not good on opening day. Um, but you're going to get got sometimes, especially when you're when you're facing Wayne Wright and you're in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform. It's like waving red in front of a bull. I just – the guy's just too good. <laughs> yeah, and for me, look, they took their lumps. We're going to see that some this year. The thing that uh, I was com- more concerned with and worried about was never a good thing to see two guys walk off the field in game one of a 162-game season. Yeah. Guys that you're going to be counting on one way or the other, leaving with injuries. That is the part that really concerned me. Uh, we can give predictions all day long uh, for what we think. If you spend a ton of time with a ton of guys hurt, well, those predictions will change real quick. It, it could get much, much uglier. Well, hey, that's a wrap on opening day. What do you say we do? <laughs> what do you say we do? Call your shot, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, calling my shot. Uh, you know, baseball analytics all about acronyms: OPS, OPS plus, WRC plus, XWOBA, XWOBACon. The Pirates have turned to BMI. Two lefty mashers, high BMIs, Dan Vogelbach and Yoshi Sutsugo. Vogelbach looking like a 20 to 30 home run guy in full season at bats. Yoshi, if he can replicate anything close to what he had at, as a pirate, the same. They're not going to be able to hit lefties worth of crap. But, hey, let's go Bucks. All right, Jim. That was our <laughs> buddy Yark. What do you think, man? I mean, he's calling out a new stat, BMI. I get it. Body mass index. Daniel Vogelback and Yoshi Tusugo are are big people. (laughs) I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump all over him for what I know is already floating in your head. I'm gonna let you go first. What do you think? Well, let me throw this out there. Uh, I see uh, Vogelbach listed as anywhere between like 220 and 240 on uh the internet what and oh yeah yeah 240 i'm seeing a lot i heard Greg brown say 272 today yeah so um there there ain't no way that 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 guy is uh 230 or 240 so let's just get that out there right before we get too far look at jim and i look at these nice round cheeks we both have We've got room for improvement too. We're not making fun of overweight people. We are in the same boat. Let's just get that out of the way. Definitely, we're uh, but we're not professional athletes either. So, um, but so as much as on the internet they talk about uh, his weight, and I don't believe that. I also don't believe that Yark just said that he's going to get 25 to 30 home runs. God love Yark. He, he's uh, infatuated with these home run numbers this year with the Pirates. Dude, he we wants have, to win that bet against James so bad. Yes. That he's yes. just going to manufacture it. He's going to say it till he believes it true. it's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, and look, full disclosure, 
if any of these things happen uh, with the home runs that Yark keeps preaching, we're never going to hear the end of it. Never, ever. So, <laughs> so um, you know what? I know what they're trying to do. Uh, they need the home run numbers, and they're trying to get it from places that uh, you'd obviously want to get it from, which would right. be like your DH spot, something obvious. Um, I don't know, Gare. I, I, I don't know that it's that simple and it's that easy. Yeah, it's certainly not based on BMI, although I did get the joke. But um, Yes. Like Yoshi, I know it's not here where he has the track record. But he does have a track record of hitting some home runs, you know, just not here. Um, he had a nice little burst with the Pirates last year. I do think there's a little bit of potential for Yoshi to kind of like get into a groove and probably hit 20, 25 home runs this year. If he plays a whole lot, I think he'll do that. Um, yeah, he would really, be. Nothing I saw today changes my mind about that. I think he gives you a good professional at bat. And, and I think he'll put some over the wall. I really do. But I'll go back. He's, he's been in this league a while. You know, he had one year where he really hit home runs. It was in Seattle. The ball was juiced very clearly. And Seattle is an easier place to hit home runs than PNC Park. And I know everybody sees that Clemente wall and they just think, oh, you got to get some serious launch angle to do that. That is not the way Daniel Vogelbach swings. Really watch him swing. Mm-hmm. He turns his whole body, and it's a line drive. That's not going to lead to a lot of home runs in PNC Park. I'm sorry. It's not. It's going to lead to a lot of, maybe if we're lucky, line drives off the wall. You know, but I don't think sure. we're going to see a lot going over it. I really don't. Which would be singles <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, um, look. I'll take anything as a bonus from either of them in the home run department. Um, do I, I – I still think this team's going to be woefully, woefully inept in the power numbers by the end of the year. I, I, I don't see it. If Cruz comes up, that will be a, a nice bump in that because I think if Cruz right. does anything, he'll at least be able to hit some home runs, even if he maybe struggles somewhere else. But um, um, – yeah, York, God love him. He's going to stick with this to the end of the year, and we'll see what happens. And, and honestly, if, if the call-ups come up when he thinks they might, or what, you know, because I know he thinks they're going to come up in like May, but if you start seeing some of that infusion of youth, or Diego Castillo decides he's just going to tear into it, uh-huh. you know, yeah, that's where your home numbers are going to come from is development. They're not going to come from these older guys that they bring in and try. You know, you're going to get a few from them. You're not going to get a lot. Yoshi's your best bet. And then Michael Chavis, as far as like raw power, like turning into something in the league. But I don't know. Vogelbach just doesn't swing enough. Like, and when he does, it's not the right kind of swing, I don't think. So BMI or not. I don't want to ever see Daniel Vogelbach leading off again. I I don't care. They, There's just they, no justification for it. I can't see it. I don't like it. They said they were going to toy with that. They certainly opened up the season that way. Um, I thought it was interesting that Park got to start today at second rather than Chavis. Yeah, uh, but say. I don't know Chavis's numbers. Maybe he's just god-awful against Wainwright and they just didn't like the, the matchup. But um, – 
Could be just wanting to get as many lefties as possible in against Def- Wainwright. Yeah, definitely. But I guess we do have to touch on a couple things because we already kind of made fun of the catcher last time, but we got Jake Morenzik too. Yes. And, um, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it on the show because obviously that was late breaking. Uh, I'm not overwhelmed by it. I don't think you are either, but I do think we both kind of understand why it was done now a little bit more after we heard about Greg Allen going on the 60 day. They um, wanted something a little more sure. It, even and I, if and that, I think that was probably well advised. Don't you? I mean, I'm not saying it had to be him, but like, don't you think they had to get somebody or do you think blind address would have been better N- stuff? No. I, I mean, once you, once you get into that length of time, um, I mean, Bly Madras, if he comes up and falls flat on his face, then, then where, well. right. yeah, then where are you? No, then you're Got right it. back to fishing for Kai Toms and things like that. So right. maybe they just wanted to avoid that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Marisnik plays, I think he plays all three outfield spots. Yes. He's really, defender. really good defensive outfielder. Um, and we've seen some adventures out there the last couple of years when they do try. Even Cole Tucker today had a little Actually, bit of trouble. That was one thing I did want to bring up to you, though, that, that has caught me now twice. Cole Tucker's arm from the outfield is no joke. No, he, he has a very good arm. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I didn't know. He made it a outfield. little bit. Yeah, he, he, he was a little late on uh throw or on a break and it made it a little bit more adventuresome on a throw home. But, uh, but then it was right on target oh, and strike, he had, yeah. he had plenty of uh, steam on it. Yeah. Really so, well so maybe there is a little potential there again, the bat has to come through, you know, <laughs> I mean, Cole Tucker is not going to survive in this league as a Jake Marisnik. He is going to have to hit. No, and no. So, I don't know, but I, I guess, like, I don't want to dwell on the signing much because it's certainly not impactful. Um, but I understand a little bit better why they did it. And I, I'm no longer like, oh, that should have been Bly. Because I kind of get why you don't want to lean on a rookie um, to be out there as, you know, somebody you're really, really counting on right now. There's no yeah. question marks on this team to not add to them. Well, and it's it's just a reminder, too, is, you know, we sit here and we watch guys, they get hurt, and we try to guess, didn't look too serious, you know, or it did look serious, and then it turns out, like, Greg Allen, yeah, it looked like he tweaked his hamstring, but, you know, you got in for your MRI, and it, eventually the grade on it was probably enough where they know he's not going to be ready for a while. Yeah, I mean, it could even be as simple as, like, we think it's going to take you about 35 days to get better, and, you know, then there's going to be rehab and this and that, so it'll be close to 60. It could be one of those situations where he's completely ready, he's down in AAA, like, playing on 45 days, like, Uh you know, and it just has to wait his time out to get back up here, but... I was kind of excited to see him play, so a little disappointed that that happened for him too because this is a good opportunity for him. And well, yeah, you bring up, I mean, that was an injury that didn't happen uh, uh, in the opener, but it might as well have in the sense right. of you're talking for a team that's not all that deep or, uh, quite frankly, talented in a lot of areas. You start chipping away two, three, four guys here right away, and um, 
makes things a little dicey. Yeah, man. Well, hey, good show. Really enjoyed uh, talking with you about all these topics. And while the game wasn't good today, one season, one game does not a season make. So we have a lot to talk about as we keep going here. It was the perfect uh, day to be to f- if you've never uh, if you ever wanted to know what it felt like to be a pirate fan and you were not. Today would have been the perfect day where you get every <laughs> every emotion possible in a you know twelve hour span. I mean, yeah, if so. you think about it, we usually don't get that super high though. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was actually a little bit. Uh, bittersweet but um we think we've do- think we dodged a bullet though yeah certainly all in all good news so uh there's that uh we should also promo uh cory geiger from um dk pittsburgh sports he also he covers uh penn state um for for the site he's doing a special podcast that comes out on sunday it's going to be called sunday sit down and he is interviewing Mike Lavalier this weekend. So Spanky. Yeah, so check that out, man. There is nothing like talking to a catcher, you know, if you just want to have fun talking about baseball. And in fact, we, we ought to get the fort back on here. I fun. agree. But we, we had a really good time doing that. And I, I'm excited to, to listen to the show. So make sure you tune in on Sunday and listen to that. And uh, you want to learn about. Got? No, I was just gonna say you want to learn about the game. Listen, uh, listen to catchers. Uh, th- I mean, you want to talk about people that know the game inside and out. And um, yeah, so I'm definitely gonna listen to that as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, good stuff. And uh, thanks for inviting us into your household twice this week, uh, three times if you listen to four one two as well. Uh, we really had a good time launching the week with you with the season going and everything. So. Until next week, thank you. Let's go, Bucks. And here's a cool little kid that's going to say, Let's go, Bucks! You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.